Coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio in Woodstock, Georgia, this is Fearless Formula with Sharon Klein. Welcome to Fearless Formula on Friday. Lots of Fs there. I'm Sharon Klein, your host, and this is where we talk about the ups and downs of the business world, and we offer words of wisdom for business success. Today on the show, we have the owner of Collard Greens and Blessings Catering. Their vision is to bring people together through food and create a wonderful atmosphere for children and families. Please welcome Angelo Hill. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. I had you scheduled a couple weeks ago, and somehow it all <laughs> fell apart, but you were meant to be here today. Mm-hmm, yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. Sure. We were talking a little bit before the show about um, how important faith is, and I'm so intrigued by how much your uh, belief in what you're doing guides every decision that you make. And I was also here when you were on Brian Pruitt's show. I was mm-hmm. producing his show, Charitable yes. Georgia. It's a great show. And I really learned a lot about your backstory mm-hmm. and thought I got to have you on my show because so much of what you do has that um, belief that you don't have to fear anything mm-hmm. because there's so much more going on behind the scenes than you can even control. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your backstory and how you got to be where you are right now. Mm. Uh <laughs> I know, you don't you have to go to that far back if you don't want, but how did you get, actually, we even need to talk about bread, bread, putty, licious, because okay. that's like one of the main um, products okay. that you have mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. Well, bread, putty, licious um, is our bread pudding bakery. Um, we're the only bread pudding bakery um, in Georgia. You're the only bread The only bread one period. You're the only yeah. bread pudding bakery in Georgia? Yeah. Um, all over. You know, and we, we just asked God to continue to block that and let it be for me. Yeah, he gave really? it to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> um, but I'm noticing what he has, what God has for me is for me. Um, uh, bread Pudding Licious is a gourmet bread, a gourmet bread pudding bakery. We really specialize, really the focus on souls. Um, we use that avenue to draw souls to Christ. And God gave it to me that um, it will be a family oriented business that brings people peace, you know, even when they have ups and downs. We truly believe that when we cook in our love and trust in God, we believe that when people come in, their spirit will change. And um and God has proven his point. Um a lot of souls have came out of bread put delicious. It's it's mind blowing. Um so I have a different perspective on Christian owned businesses. Um because a lot of times, like with me, I used to work for a color uh, um um high end uh how you say it? It was a catering place, wasn't it? Like, uh uh-uh, uh. Oh. Um, I have a catering company, the Collagrens and Blessings Catering. Right. But before I got to open up Bread Pretty Licious, um, I was a executive sous chef for a high end um, retirement home oh, in yes. Alpharetta. And the COVID was going on at the time. And, um, you know, at, at our church, um, God had told um, my pastor that not to shut the doors down when COVID comes, that we'll have the doors open and that we won't get sick as long as we take the blood in the communion and we um, and he anoints our heads. So we did that. That was a scary moment for all of us in the ministry at the time because 
Um, our pastor did warn us on New Year's Eve. He said, God is about to have judgment. So don't believe any pastor. Don't believe what's been said about the new vision of 2021, 2020, and all that's going on. God is about to have judgment. And he told us, he said, for this ministry, God told us to keep the doors open. He told us um, to not... Um, not to go to the hospitals, because if we go to the hospitals, um, we should surely die. And um, we didn't understand it at the time, you know, and then, boom, COVID hits. And we're like, whoa. That's crazy. Yeah. It just to hear, you don't like, it's not a lot of people out there who hear God like that, where it's good for the flock for him to really minister and say, hey, you know, look, y'all, this is what's going on. He didn't even know. He just said, hey, I, God told me judgment's about to hit. I need y'all to prepare yourself. Don't spend your money. Don't buy no cars. Don't buy no homes. Don't store go your to the hospital. Don't go to the hospital. He said, just, that's all I heard from God. So just store your money up. We'll be okay. And then as the COVID hit, um, everybody was threatening. Um, our, min our minister, I mean, our ministry and um, police officers were coming. FBI was coming. Really? Yes, because we were still hugging. We, was, we wasn't doing six feet apart. We were still fellowshipping, praising God. Doors were open. We were still healed. We were drinking communion as a family. No, a hundred of us drinking out the same cup out of you know the, the blood and the body of Christ. And he was teaching us that a lot of times churches are divided when they give you single cups because Christ didn't do that. You know, and he said, we're not going to do that as a ministry and we're not going to worry about sickness because if we're drinking the blood of Jesus Christ, what what should go wrong with us? You know, and we did that and we got stronger. That was the biggest blessing to the point. A hundred people in the ministry wishing the pandemic keep going because that we got blessed the most families got created marriages, you know. Everybody in the ministry businesses started growing. We started growing. We started getting stronger. And as a leader, um, me being in the position as a chef, I had to stand on where I stood. And that was scary mm. because I had people looking at me, looking up to me, wondering, Angelo, what are you going to do? Because I had two people at my job that was going to the ministry, too. They just started going. So they were seeing as well. And they're looking at me like, what are you going to do? No, you know, Chef Hill, you're gonna have to take this um, shot, or you have to take this test. And I'm like, I can't do it. If I if I, I, I if I gotta lose my job, I do it. I just can't do it. And it was scary for me because I was a new husband, mm -hmm. no family at the time, you know, just married, and um, it was it was something to to um, look for um, to see that a lot of people say they got faith, a lot of people say they believe in God, but pandemic exposed a lot of people's hearts it exposed the mothers who don't really love the fathers who don't really love the brothers, the people who were really nasty in the heart. Because in my mind, the way I love people, I was like, no, I don't care what you have. It's, I was so crazy. You know, mm -hmm. I just, if I look, look back, I was really crazy. <laughs> and they were like, I don't want to do hugs. Give me a hug. I don't care. Because I felt like the hug was more important if I caught COVID. How hard was it to resist what society was telling you to do? And I know that requires such faith, and you do have that, but it wasn't just a matter of faith. I mean, there were legal requirements, too. So how did you resist or stand strong, I should um, say? So I had to look at my life and what I went through. I went through worse, and I'm glad to have a leader of, Overseer Thomas Anthony Pulliam Sr. is my pastor. Um, I've been with him 14 years, but when I started at um, 
with this ministry at 21 and going through a lot of ups and downs, family breakups, family rejections, because I really chose to want to live right, even though I was working through the progress and process of my life to grow as a man. Um, I detached a lot from spiritual bondage with family, so they felt like I was just a part um, I was rejecting them. So I had to learn to get used to being alone. I had to learn mm-hmm. to take the rejection from who I really love and who I grew up with. Oh my goodness. Not realizing, um, you know, even though my family would cut me off, my pastor would teach me when you go back home, make sure you give roses to your mother, no matter if she cussed you out, make sure you love them. So he was teaching me to break through our natural evil heart of when we're offended, we, we yeah. offend. So that was tough for me. But what he was teaching me was to endure, to go through pain, to go through strife and still put a smile on your face and still persevere and still love. So that once I overcame that and lost homes and slept in the car, and I'm not saying that for pity because a lot of times we use that for victimization. Mm. I don't want to use that avenue for victimization. He was teaching me, Angela, I understand you're living in your car, but if you're hungry, let me know. But God got you. He said, but I still need you here at church. I still need you here to sing on the praise team. And I still need you here to give God praise. What he was teaching me was no matter what's going on, make it to the house of God. And for that reason, I became strong. So when this COVID and all this stuff came, I had I had already had been through the loss and gain and struggle. So when that came, I had no fear. I already, I already had been without a job, I, you know. In my past, I already had to live in my car in my past. I already had to live with somebody in my past. I already had to understand how to how to let God break me through my pride to let somebody else take care of me, you know, and put me in their home because I didn't have it. So I went through all that. And when I when the guidelines of COVID came and they were given guidelines, I knew at this time I would have to make a stand, not just for me, but for the young babes in Christ that was looking at me, looking up to me. Because they had made it so scary that if you did not do this, you're not going to have a job. So um, when they when they tried to test me, they had a form that we had to fill out. And I looked at the bottom of it. I know it was God. This is at the retirement home? At the retirement home, yes. And I looked at it and it says, if you do not, if you refuse it, by law, we cannot fire you. But you have to be off two weeks with no pay. So I took advantage of that. I said, nope, I'm not doing it. So my managers got mad at me. They suspended me for two weeks. They suspended the other two for two weeks. And he said, once you, once two weeks are up of clearance, we'll call you back. So um, at that time, I was at home, and I was just praying. I'm like, God, what do I do? I'm a first-time husband. I'm not used to this. I'm used to being by myself. I can just do it on my own. But now I have a wife. I don't know how she's going to look up to me. You know, we're in my home. Uh, I don't know how the mortgage is going to get paid. And I'm like, God, um, what do I do? And um, at that moment, um, my wife cousin had died. And the weekend that um, I was going to take her, my boss called and said, your two weeks is up. You can come on back to work. I was like, uh, I can't. Because of the funeral. Of the funeral. And I, he was like, well, what are you saying? And I'm like, um, I can't. He said, well, I feel like you're you're rejecting your job. And I knew that term. Okay, he's about to fire me. So I said, okay, just don't worry about it. He said, well, Mr. Hill, I feel like you got an attitude with that. I'm like, no. I'm like, I don't. But I felt in my chest that I was being um, bound. I felt like 
it was something at a place in my life where I was really upset in my heart because I felt like I had bowed down for Satan to put a chain on my neck as a slave and not culturally, but a slave spiritually. Like, Lord, how many times am I going to be afraid and not stand on you and let people hound me because I'm scared if I ain't going to make it or keep my job? And I said, you know what? Just don't worry about it because I had to, I had to think about my wife this time. If I was single, I would have said, bump y'all. <laughs> but this time I had to make a different decision. So he said, all right, well, we'll see you. I was like, okay, God. I went on my knees. My wife said, you're okay? I said, I just got to go in. I'm sorry. I'll just pay for you to go there with your cousin. I just, I'm tired. I said, God, what do I do? I'm tired. God, I'm tired. When when I wanted to quit and you told me to stay, I stayed. God, I'm serving my enemy at work, God. My boss don't really like me, but I'm serving him to the excellence. I'm blessing him even when he's going behind my back. God, I'm done all I could, God. And I'm, what do I do? I said, God, would I give it to you? As soon as I got up from that prayer, I sat down. The general manager called me, said, hey, Mr. Hill, how you doing? Um, we're going to ha- go ahead and make a decision to go ahead and just let you go. <sighs> I was like, oh, okay. And then the other two that was with me, they let them go as well. Wow. And after that, God gave me the vision with my wife and um, and came up with Bread Pretty Delicious. And it was mind-blowing because I, I didn't know how that was coming about. Even the name, right? Yeah, I'm like, Bread Pretty Delicious, what is that? <laughs> Did that just really was such an inspiration for you to come up with this It this was because yeah. it was like a first time in that avenue of hearing God. Because sometimes we say we hear God, but we don't. We hear our conscience and our heart. And, um, and we say it's God. But if it's God, he provides provision for that. <laughs> you know, if you still broke and say it's God and you got to you got to pull out 200,000 loans, it's not God, <laughs> you know, and that's the hard, that's the thing I had to learn the hard way, you know. But um, then um, I told my wife, just go out and look. She said, what do you want to do? I said, just go out and look. I don't know. Just call the malls, call every avenue, see what we can do to put our catering company in there. Not knowing it's going to be bread pretty least. <laughs> You know, and at the time you were you were wanting your own catering company, mm-hmm. though, right? Well, I Probably was running a catering company as well. Oh, you were? Yeah. So Bread Pretty Delicious is new. Oh, so Bread Pretty Delicious is the DB, DBA. It's under Collard Greens and oh, Blessings Catering. Mm-hmm. I got you. Okay. So we was doing the catering, you know, yeah. and um, while I was working, you know. Oh, my goodness. So doing that, I mean, I got the business in there, but I was like, okay, God, what do I do now, though? I've been fired, you know. And I've been in this job two and a half years, never called out. Like, this is crazy. But I started seeing truly the enemy now that a lot of times we suffer because we say we are God business or are we doing it for Christ. But if you're not careful, you'll be under a bondage where the devil will make you feel like, well, hey, if you don't do this, you don't have a job. And then before you know it, you're really pushing God to the side because you don't want to lose your job. And you you can't can't do that. And that's a lot of things that I had to learn in the heart, you know, in my life of, okay, you still got up. Okay, you really backstabbed God this time, Angelo. Okay, you cannot expect to stand on God. If you stand on God after you backstab and you gotta take a loss. Because now either they're gonna fire you because now you gotta make a stand. But now I had to start learning from those experiences to now go if I do go to a job at one point or go to an interview, I let them know up front. Hey, before you hire me, this is my stipulations. God is first. Sundays, no go. Hey, Bible studies on Thursdays. 
And I started learning that was my way of weaning out what was for me and what was not for me. Wow. That was that just a natural instinct for you then to do that? It was something that you, you sort of understood as being your um, guidepost, like boundaries around yourself. Anyone that's not respecting those boundaries are not going to be on your same wavelength, if that makes sense. Yes. And um, it was through trial and error. Um, experience and understanding really the word every time if like for instance when I was at the nursing home I mean the retirement home my boss would ask me to work on Sundays Mm -hmm. and because I was afraid to speak up I would like be like okay and then once I work on Sundays my whole spirit be vexed I'd be angry I'd be upset because I lost what I needed for my soul for that week you know because I was working and I started looking at no Because they're not going to be there for me in prayer. They're not going to be there when I need them. No, what am I doing? So when I started standing up to where I stood for, because I realized I would suffer worse, and I realized I was a people pleaser. Mm. That was the biggest thing. I was scared of what people think, and I didn't want to make anybody upset. I know that feeling so well. I think the same. My my schedule gets really full sometimes because mm-hmm. I don't ever want to let anyone down mm-hmm. and I don't ever want to say no. If someone wants me to do something. I'm so honored, you know? <laughs> and so like, what, me? Are you mm-hmm. sure that mm-hmm. I'm just, of course, you know, I think I just find it so flattering that I don't want to ever let anyone down. And I found myself enormously stressed with time management. and But then again, I let me, I let me down actually more often than I let other people down because I am trying to make everyone else happy. And the minute I have time to do things that I need to do, mm-hmm. I'm so tired and so like resentful that I haven't had any time to myself really that I don't do anything, which is horrible. It's something I'm really learning. I'm trying to be more strategic with mm-hmm. my thoughts and my yeses and my nos, but I'm not, but I still have this like internal fight and I can, I can understand how you were able to balance it more like with like your faith. I, the word of God says, um, I don't know the scripture, but I, I, it's, it's biblically structured. It says um, pretty much God was saying, if you have many friends of the world, you're an enemy of me. So mm-hmm. it helped me understand if I'm a yes man to everybody, I'm not hearing God because God says more no's in the word of God than he says yes. So I had to learn Okay, when you say no, you're gonna re- you're gonna find out who has God and who don't have God. Because when people receive the word no, they usually vent and treat you what they heart felt felt about you in the first place. But we will never know by being the yes man, yeah. because we'll never know who we who our enemy is around us. Because sometimes our enemy could be so close to us, and they know that we need them, so they they'll they'll show you. They don't like you. They'll show you that they didn't show up to help change your tire. They'll show you that any good idea you have, they have a negative comment about it, but we overlook it. And God like, no, I'm showing you who this individual is, but you're so used to want to please and you want to be the big person and you want to go out there and I'll serve. No, no, we can't do that. Cause God's like, no, I need to show you who your enemy is. I need to show you that everybody's not blessed to be with you. Everybody's not called. I gave you the radio station. I gave you the business. I gave it to you. So I trust you that you're going to lead the avenue to where 
where people are not going to like you, but you're going to stand on where you stand with God and, and where your standard is. So I had to finally learn that. It's so interesting. I've heard the same thing about like narcissistic people. One of the best <laughs> ways. Wait, have you heard this? One of the best ways to find out if someone is a narcissist is to tell them no. No. Which is fascinating. Yeah. It's like you think that's really difficult, you know, um, but some people make it seem like you don't have choice. But then the best thing you can possibly do is say, oh, you know, I wish I could, but I can't. Mm. And then, like you said, you actually see who they really are, who they are from the very beginning, even if they've shown you another side yep. all this time. Because if you say, no, I can't, my job, if my heart, okay, because if they really have God in their heart and they really are genuine, they'll have a transparency of understanding. So they'll be like, okay. Well, you just let me know when it's a great time or whenever you feel like it. If you don't, I understand. But when they go into reaction and defense and all of that, that's what's already in their heart. Mm-hmm. And it ain't just towards you. It's what they've been carrying. So in every, in every area of their life, they usually have a spirit of control, a spirit of usury, a spirit of manipulation, a spirit of neglect. Wow, sounds like you know some of the people in my life. Hey, it's real. <laughs> it is real. I can. I mean, I feel like I could write a dissertation about the different experiences I've had, but it's, it's interesting too. in the, the aspect of business, you know, I, as you are successful, people like to be part of that success, but maybe like you said, they're not meant to come along that journey with you. Yes. So that all goes down to people pleasing and it goes down to the suffering measure of your life. God can place you in a place where you suffer so much and you understand that it's only him that can bring you out. It's only him that can make a way. It's only him that when you needed that bill paid, he led you to the right individual. He led you to the right person to get that job done. And you realize that God is the only one that really feeds you. You know, if you ever look back in your life and say, man, no matter how hard my life was, I still was able to eat some way in some way how I was able to get the bills paid. It's just mind-blowing. Or if I didn't have it, somebody blessed me with a meal that day. Mm. You know, just them little things where we we take advantage of and we don't really see that God was the one that took care of you. When you get to that place, um, it all goes to your business as well. Because when you if you're Christ-branded, a lot of times people want to be Christ-branded for the show and for the mm. name. Mm. Christ-branded means God-branded because the Son of God is Jesus. So if you're Christ branded and you got to have discernment, everybody doesn't carry discernment. Everybody doesn't carry to hear God because their heart don't want to hear God. So at the end of the day, all it takes is getting on your knees before ending your business. Look, Lord, lead me today. Give me the strength not to accept any offer because like um, I'm looking at some land now and a lady came to my business. She said, I like your God picture. And, and, you know, let me know what your offer is. I told her, give me 30 days because I'm not moved no more because we make a lot of decisions based upon a quick move. Mm-hmm. And God don't God's not a quick moving person. You know, patience, patience tell everything. And I'm learning that just because a million dollars come my way doesn't mean it's God. Because the devil has imps and, and leaderships out there that's, that's millionaires as well. And sometimes you can link to the wrong wrong person in the wrong hand and they be bad ground in God's eyes. So as soon as you put your money and connect your business with it, your business fails. You're like, what's going on? It's only because I'm not saying you, but you may not have a relationship with God and you have a hatred towards God. But you say, I believe in God. And because I heard you say, I believe I connect with you. 
But I'm fasting three days or I'm going three days with no food and saying, God, I need to hear you. I'm weak because I need you to show me about this business. But if, if nobody's doing that, how can how can the Bible says, how can two walk together except they be in agreed? And this whole world is about as a spiritual realm because liars hang with liars. Truth people hang with truth people. Integrity hangs with integrity. It attaches. Smokers hang with smokers. It's. It was what's attached, and, it, and people. If people really don't believe that, how come a weed head can know what a weed head by looking <laughs> at the eye? Saying, they can look at each other and know, <laughs> hey, or they can look and say, "You got a Newport," mm-hmm. or "Hey, hey, you want to go eat?" It, it's just everything spiritual. It's you, an energy. It's an energy. It really is. It's an energy from God that how He created us that everybody's spirit connects to where it is. So that's why when you really want to be truthful and you want to change, your old friends are not going to like you no more. That's true. It's true. Well, if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Angelo Hill. He is the owner of Colored Greens and Blessings Catering and the only bread pudding bakery in all of the state of Georgia. <laughs> but I would ask you as well, how strategic do you have to be when you're looking at businesses, like, do you find you're using strategy or do you have so much of it with faith? Um, I have to use strategies as well. Wisdom, faith. I have to add it all together because, um, you know how they say you can, um, eat the meat, but spit out the bone, like certain meats, certain things you take in from wisdom. You know, just because you may be successful in this area doesn't mean that's for me because you may have got it all through loans and other different means. So, mm-hmm. it, but you, in the outside, it may look good. So I, ha- but I have to look at the, the strategy, what God told me, you know, I look, I look at it different. Why? Because even when I try to apply for loans to get, to get bread pretty delicious up, I would get denied. So God built me bread pretty delicious without no loans. So I have a different perspective. <laughs> so now even a part of me that says, man, I got to get a, this, get a loan. I have to really be patient. And I can't move that way and say, okay, God, you sent three people my way. And they told me, God said, and they, and they were not black. It was Dominican Republican and one was Asian. So you sending people out the way that, that kills the stereotype of what people think to tell me that God said, and they're built, they're helping me build bread pretty delicious. And now I'm looking at bread pretty delicious. So, the the strategy, um, I have to definitely trust God, but also take wisdom on business and learn the do's and don'ts and learn the budgeting still, learn how to, you know, pay things on time and learn how what not to accept and what to accept, learning my avenue, learning the type of people I need, learning the, the customer base and the um uh, you know, that that's that fits bread pretty delicious. Because everybody don't fit bread pretty delicious. <laughs> it does well in it's in Kennesaw, correct? Mm-hmm. It is. It, it does is. really well, though. It does. It does. And you go to these um, these events, like you were just at the Pigs and Peaches event. Mm-hmm. Um, country folks. Co- <laughs> is that what you're saying, country folks? But you know you have different kinds, too. I mm-hmm. mean, I, so, and some of these recipes, they're your family's recipes. Mm-hmm. Well, um, well, okay. It's your grandmother. Yeah, right? my grandmother. She taught me the foundation. Mm-hmm. She taught me the foundation of bread pudding, and I just added added everything and twisted it and brought it up a little more. When you say that you were learning about the ins and outs of business, where did you go to get that kind of information? Because even when I was starting my own voiceover business, I'd never run a business. And it's not even like running one, but mm. setting one up and understanding, um, making sure that I have all of my I's dotted and T's mm. crossed and, and making sure every year that I'm doing this correctly, 
I'm not well versed in uh, the business world. So how did you? Oh, uh, Heaven Harvest Ministry. Oh, my <laughs> pastor. <laughs> I wasn't expecting so, you to say that. So my pastor, before he, I mean, he was good in business. That's what he's good at, you know, and. We're just blessed as a ministry where he sits down like he believes in feeding his sheep. Like he'll uh, three days out of the week, he'll say we're going to have a uh, three days on business strategy or we're going to have three days on on budgeting. And he'll sit there and apply and, and apply it to scripture and tell you this is why we fail. We cannot do this. OK, make sure you budget. Make sure that, you know, you look at your overcall. So we're learning all this. And, and you know, it's funny. Um, I changed a part of a, of the logo that I had, not logo, but the saying in my business, because I had a lot of people come in and say, we're pro-black, so we're going to serve you. But that affected me. That offended me. Oh. I'll tell you why it offended me. Because if God is about everybody, I can't have one-minded people coming in. So I had to change that we're not pro-black, we're pro-God. We love God's people. Um, we love souls being saved because... It's not about the color. And a lot of times, even in every culture, church is the biggest segregated area Mm. when we should all be together. We should never have three or four churches on the same corner, but nobody comes together to do do the job. Because a lot of times we we do a lot of praying and not being the solution. No. Okay. You can't pray for Billy because his rent is due. No. If we did right, we should have enough stored up where we just pay his rent and not throw it up on media because the Bible says what you do in secret here reward you openly. So why are we openly saying the duties that we're doing for God when it should be kept in our hearts? So pastors taught us all that stuff. So when I look at business, it's a lot of things I still need to work on. And I started learning me, my problem of the undisciplined in certain areas and Okay, learning how to separate business and and uh, personal because I learned that when I added personal business, I lost more money. It's amazing how that is, <laughs> I, and it's it's fascinating too because I find myself to be a very indulgent person mm-hmm. regarding the things that I think I'm entitled to and want, and mm-hmm. I don't even know why I think that. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why I have that as, but I'm supposed to have it because I want it. Uh-huh. Like, where did that come from? But I like that what you're saying is that there's there's a balance that you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the, the biggest challenges that all of us as even just any small business owner is struggling with balance mm-hmm. and not just in terms of the time management, but also with the relationships, because I mean, I imagine with you, your wife is in your business with you. I'm yeah. sure there are other family yeah. members that are together. like, let's do it, you know, mm-hmm. where that's not the smartest thing as well as the fact that when you do have a successful business, like I was saying, there are people that really want to, be part of it mm-hmm. now that it's successful mm-hmm. and it makes you wonder what their motive really is. And that's, I think a sad, I don't know if it's a sad, is it just a reality of it is that not every person that is interested in helping you has the, has the pure heart that you would want as part of your business. So again, I'm a mission pastor. again. <laughs> your pastor, you mention your pastor as often as you it, want. This is your story. This is, this is what makes he you, has where been you a big inspiration. Does he rebuke hard? Yes. You go home and like, Lord, am I going to make it to heaven? (laughs) But that's his job. Let me push you to a place where it shows you where you're weak at, where you can grow at, and I'll be there for you. But I'm not going to be there for you to 
to uh, victimize you or to cater to your pity. I'll be there for you when you grow up mature and say, okay, I'm not there yet. Let me grow. And that's where he has placed us like a month ago. You know, he um, invited a lot of the entrepreneurs in the ministry. He put us on the top of the pinnacle building. Wow. Because he knows a lot of people, but you will never know because he doesn't boast that way. Mm -hmm. But we have our church office in, um, in Buckhead in the bank of America corporate building. And, um, he put us up on the pinnacle and he looked at us. He said, y'all can have this. Why y'all can't have this? Y'all are God's children. Why you can't have this? He said, it's not about the purpose of getting rich. No, it's about knowing that if God supplies all your needs and he sends, he says, you can have anything. Why are you limiting or settling for pigeon minded people? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> so when you get home and you apply to business, it's like, okay, God, I did settle for that job. Okay, God, man, was I that desperate where I took a $100 job when I know I was worth 400 Or was I afraid because I didn't want to get denied? Okay. And I started learning that because when God really sends people your way, he sends them with a the provision. And I say that because my pastor keeps making an example out of me. Every every vendor I, every um, vendor um, opportunity I have, he finds his way out there, and he says, "Angelo, you know what I normally do." He says, "I love you. I'm proud of you. Keep focusing on God. Keep remember your business is about souls. Keep make make sure God is focused and not just money. Because if your God is focused, He'll provide the money. The money will come with it." But that's the problem. We're focused on making the money. Well, you're a business owner. We talk about this yeah. on the show all yeah. the time. We focus on making the yes, money and we say we, we trust in God. And the God like, no, you're not. You're trusting the money, not realizing people are still rich and still depressed. People are still rich and divorced. People are still rich, but they don't, have, they don't have the peace of God in their heart because they need to go to the element of life where they need to trust in God. That's what keeps me, Sharon. That's what keeps me. I always remind myself, wow. I've been without before, so this money don't need to move me. I don't care if I make four dollars that day. I'm giving God praise. My wife is saying, "Well, thank you, God, baby. We make we made four dollars a day, and that was God testing me. Are you going to praise me on ten cent? Are you going to praise me because somebody came in and spent a dollar on on a water? Are you going to give me the glory because at the end of the day, there's so much favor that I've been received from bread, pretty delicious, even down to my rent. Just everything has just been favor, and I'm like, God, you're blowing my mind. So as he's blowing my mind, it's like, okay, whatever God sends to you, and because everywhere I go, my pastor pours a seed. He's showing me, Angelo. If they can't pour seed and they can't offer, he said, we can talk a lot. But if you can't pour seed into you, I'm not doing nothing. So it helps me understand business. You know, I was with a couple of business people in Cartersville and we had a little small meeting. I say like that. And they were like, how can we be a blessing? How can we be a part? What can we do at this table? And I just jumped up and said, look, the problem is that if we have a new person come in and they are Christ believer and they're trying to build their business. Why, why can we not, if it's 50 of us in here, why we can't pull out $5 each and pour it into him? If he makes a decision or she makes the decision not to come back, amen. But why we can't plant a seed mm. to give them hope? They, okay, they hear about other businesses, but maybe they're struggling. If they say, I, I need help, 
Why we can't say, okay, well, we're going to focus on you for two weeks, then the next person. And and hear God on that element because if I keep saying Christ business because if we're Christ business. Now, if you business, on the other hand, and God ain't in the, in, in, involved in anything you do, you're all about money, amen, that's on you. But if you're Christ branded, you have to trust God because it's not about money. It's about people. And I'm learning by overseer teaching me it's about wealth. Wealth in this is not about what's in your bank account. It's about relationships. And the more you build relationships, you know, that's when God comes in because you never know. You may meet the right person that gets you to where you need to be. But you got to always give honor where honor is due. And don't forget who helped you and who blessed you. And so that's how I see it. Do you feel like when you're looking at other businesses, not that it's right to compare, Mm -hmm. but there's like I look at other voiceover artists and wonder how their career is going. And I wonder, you know, what do they do different from me? And maybe I could be doing something smarter and better. There are so many more wise people out there than me. Mm -hmm. So, but one of the things I don't do is listen to how they sound because then I always think, oh my God, well, I would hire this person in a second. I wouldn't hire me. Mm -hmm. They sound amazing. Mm -hmm. So it's like comparison is the thief of joy. But in terms of business and how you run yours, do you see other businesses that could be even doing better, but because they don't have that same thought process that you do, they're not? Um, I do. Um, but I, I see it as, okay, Angelo, the transparency of who you are, you don't care what people think, and you're going to be who you are regardless. I mastered that part. The part of, okay, I could have done that better. Okay, they structured that better. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Use cups for samples. Okay, that makes it easier. Okay. These little things that I do pick up because I learn, but like with you, Sharon, be who you are. I'm learning how God made you is how he made you. And a lot of times we're too commercialized. I know. People want truth. People want truth. People want your ugly days. They want your good days, your bad days, how you feeling. I am learning now. God has allowed souls to be saved using me by me being just raw in my worst state, you know, and sometimes I'm too commercial. I'm I'm too open where people are like, did you just really say that? <laughs> I did because if I'm going to give an example, I just got to give a little piece of my transparency. If we're afraid to talk about hoes, prostitutes, the bad, we consider them bad words or did you just say that? But our children can be out the street. And we leave them to people we don't know who's teaching them things in school, porn, just little everything, the world. But we're afraid to be who we are in honesty. And a lot of people like, well, how can I come to you, Sharon? But I don't know you had a bad day. I don't know you went through that process. So I feel like because when people are too commercial, people want to be. say the right things and the right words and the right people, but they're home. They're in the middle of a divorce. No, give me transparent to show me how you feel. So I'll know how to get out of it. You know, be who you are because if God made me you that way, like in my business, a lady in the COVID when we was having COVID at times, she came in, put on your mask. She told me in my, in my business, ma'am, sir, did you hear what I said? I'm not eating none of your mess until you put that mask on. I said, well, let me tell you something. <laughs> I said, I love you and God be the glory, but you can get out of my store. I'm not doing nothing. God don't get me sick. I'm not going to be sick. I'll be all right. And that's not knocking everybody. That's not saying people didn't die from it. I'm not, I'm not, 
discrediting that. I'm not saying that families weren't lost. I had lost family. But look where my faith is. I have been through so much, Sharon, in my life. Lost, not having, really depending on God. And I really think the biggest thing, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to boast to people. I'm not saying this for people in ministry and all that to, to make myself look good. But I challenge that God, God, God. I can't say I challenge God. You never challenge God. Don't tempt him here because he'll show you something. <laughs> I put one day my pastor preached about holiness, Holy Ghost. He was like, if you have he had, he, had a, he had a gas meter, but I think it was his way of pushing me to go on a fast mm-hmm. um, seven years ago. And um, he said, if you have, if you have, if you just fast one day, your meter didn't go up. If you fast three days, it went up slightly. If you fast seven days, it went up mm, quarter. He said, if you fast 14 days, you know, it get close to half of Holy Ghost. And, 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 uh, and he said, if you, and if you fast, like, you know, 20 days, you know, you're almost there full of the Holy Ghost. He said, when you hit that 30-day, 40-day mark, he said, you're going to receive everything from God. And I was like, man, I ain't, I don't know how I'm going to live. <laughs> I don't know who can survive 40 days with no food. So I said, okay, I did it. It was a journey. <laughs> I don't push people to do it, but I push them if they got faith to do it. See the opposite. If you don't have faith, I don't push you to do it. If you got faith, do it. It taught me something, Sharon. It taught me a lot that I was living on water for 40 days. I lost 96 pounds. Holy cow. I didn't have a car. I was on water. At the time, I was living with somebody. I was in a real tough area of my life. So for me to fast, to walk two or three miles every day, sometimes vomiting air, <laughs> and still in culinary school, it broke me. You know, and I'm not saying that to say I'm better than anybody. It's just what God placed in my life and put me in a situation where it made me strong to not make an excuse for anything. So I do look at it different. I do see it different. I I really believe that I can push people to believe. You know, I push people even through their worst situations that they can make it because I was in that situation. I was in there. I mean, I was in that environment and. Now that I'm in a better place, a home, married, cars, business, everything. So to answer your question, that's why I'm so transparent. That's why I don't get moved by people's antics. And even in my business, I'm more successful in God in my business because I'm just who I am. Well, I also think if you are exemplifying perfection, (laughs) no one is ever going to be perfect and they won't be able to identify with you. And they will turn it on to themselves and wonder why they're not perfect either. You know, there's like an element of like, I'm less than I'll never be that way. I can never hold that standard. Mm. I'm always going to fail. There's something so disarming about being able to say, well, today was just like the worst day and I struggled and I have the same thoughts Mm -hmm. as you do as a business owner or just even like a person living in on the planet. I mean, there's something to be said about being willing to humble your own heart to say I'm I struggle all that these are my these are my dark thoughts you know mm-hmm. because I think that's what unites all of us we're all humans that and are more alike than we are different right mm-hmm. so having this feeling of I know what it feels like to believe that I know what's 
right, but then I'm being proven over and over it's not. I was telling you how I'm trying to adopt this rescue dog, and I cannot make this rescue dog situation work as hard as I am trying. And I just have to believe, like, well, I think that it's the right thing for me, but there must be something else going on behind the scenes. If I'm doing everything uh-huh. that I know to do to make it work and it still isn't working, then there's a reason beyond it. So, so I like to pretend I'm in control, but I can I can see many examples of why I'm and how I'm not. So it's three things. Okay. This and that's why the difference of how like my pastor's teaching us. No, so Matthew five and forty eight. I'll say it again, Matthew five and forty eight. Matthew five and forty eight. Matthew five and forty eight. <laughs> Matthew five and forty eight says, Be thou perfect, even as your father. Mock the perfect man. So when we were taught that, people say, Well, you can't be perfect. You you, you can't do that. I believe that for a long time. But I realized we use what we can't be perfect as something that we don't want to let go yet. And I learned because if you go to Ruth Chris at one point, you had to be in the perfect standard that they said come in. If you didn't go in there with jeans, they kick you out. <laughs> so everybody has a standard. But when it comes to God, we feel like, oh, we have to minimize that standard because we're not perfect. No, I had to learn that no as we're growing in God and becoming stronger, we're not going to have perfected states, but we can grow to the perfection and we can grow to that matter. And people say, well, I don't, I disagree with that, but just how I see it. If God says, follow me, follow me as I follow Christ, fo- fo- follow Christ. And we're following the word of God. And he says, mock the perfect man. Okay. God is saying that we can get to that place. But it's going to take trials, it's going to take errors, it's going to take ups, it's going to take downs, it's going to take mistakes. It's going to take, it's going to take a lot of trial and tribulations to go through that. But that's what makes us perfect in that measure. But we have to start proclaiming it. We have to start saying, because if that wasn't the case, why do we have 4.0 students, Mm -hmm. 4.4? Why? Because they wanted to perfect it, and now they're scientists making 300000 a year in NASA. Why? They had to perfect something. And I think a lot of times, even even with the dog situation, I had to learn that the Bible says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, for my ways are not your ways. So I always look at it, okay, God, I think this is what I need, <laughs> and, and but I know it's not your way, so God, I need you to show me because this is what I think and I want this. <laughs> and it's not working. <laughs> but it's true. And I, I love that you're talking about that level of perfection of being well, of course, it's subjective as well on this planet because mm-hmm. so many people think something's perfect and it isn't for mm-hmm. whatever reason. What's mm-hmm. their perfect? But what your perfect is, is good enough. You know, your standard mm-hmm. of what you believe would be right for your truth. And all that has still go with God. Like with me, I'm still God because I still have to like if that's the case, if we knew everything, why would we go to school to learn to be, be a, you know, to get a degree? Because whatever we thought a teacher had to teach us something that was that we didn't know. And, you know, and just, just like with my, my overseer, my pastor, as sometimes I'm like, okay, I got this. And then when I, when he preaches, I'm like, man, <laughs> dang, I never looked at it that way because somebody else has a different perspective, but also has a, a way of thinking that wins. We got to know that we got to know, okay, if that person's talking before I go to that business or go to talk, talk to that owner, let me see their life. Are they winning? Not financially. Are they winning? Do they have a, success, a successful marriage? Are they transparent? If I'm, if I want to be married, do I? I need to hang around somebody not because they're married. No, because they may be married for thirty years, but it was never God. You know, we don't look at this stuff. We don't look at life like oh, 
uh, we look at it in our own perspective. And, and, and if we had a great perspective, we would never be broke. We will always be everything will line up the way it is in perfection. But a lot of the mistakes was because we moved too fast and we made a decision. And God like, no, I need you to hold it for a second because in two weeks you're about to go through something. So I don't need you to spend a thousand dollars because in two weeks I know that your pipe is about to bust, but you don't know yet. So I need you to save it. So I'm blocking every avenue for you not to spend your money, but you don't want to listen. And then it's like, boom, it happens. It's like, what? I don't have enough money. God, you're not listening. He's like, I was. I was trying to block you, but you were so busy about buying that speaker. <laughs> it's true, though. And yeah. I'm laughing because I've that's happened to me many times. And I also find it fascinating how certain things just, if I'm trying to make something work, and, I'm, and this has happened so, so many times in my life, where I'm trying to make something work and I'm trying to make myself fit into something, but the shape is not right. And I know no matter which way I turn mm-hmm. myself and twist myself, I cannot get my shape to fit what I think I'm supposed to be doing. That ain't God. So he's, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah, like, same me. And then some things are so turnkey and easy and fall into my lap and i'm just like wait a second that just the how did that happen sometimes i look back at my life and i'm like wait just these little steps that were no trouble at all um even this show even this radio show was just such a flow. gift it was a flow it's just such a flow I, that i still sometimes i'm like they let me in here they still haven't dragged me out like i'm still allowed to be on this mic and it's crazy like really the bible says crazy. the blessings of the lord make it rich and add no sorrow to it no that's sour. how i see it so if i see that's a struggle or I, or i don't have the money to do it it ain't god cuz when god provides he provides the favor sometimes with no money and God will have you have the money before the blessing come mm-hmm. for you to take care of it. And if you don't have it, he'll connect you to the right people to get the job done. So that's how I see it. So I, so true. Mm-hmm, that's how I look at it now. So when you say, how do I choose different avenues when it comes to businesses and stuff? I look at those key, ter- key terms. Okay. Like I've had plenty of people say, hey, I want you to be in our magazine, but it's going to be thirteen fifty a week. I mean, a month. I'm like, that's not in my budget. So I know it's not God. But a part of me be like, man. Maybe it's going to bring exposure. Mm-mm. It's not in my budget. So it's not God. Got you. Would you say that that's your fearless formula? What is your fearless formula? Ooh. <laughs> it's one of my favorite questions. Um, my fear, my fearless formula is for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a love, power, and a sound mind. Fear is not of God. And I had to learn that. Even in my fears, I had to learn that. That's why I'm grateful. You hear me mention my, my pastor overseer at Heaven Harvest Ministry. I'm grateful to God because he led me to the ministry where he was. he's pushing us to have no fear. He's pushing us, no, if you have fear, to the point where we skydive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> That's so random. Because I'm like, I'm never getting on a plane. What is this? No, but he said, no. How are you going to be afraid to skydive? But when judgment day comes, you're going to meet God and Christ in the sky. I'm like, good point. (laughs) He was like, no. He said, if y'all want the faith that I have, I have to push y'all to do the things that I've done. I'm like, okay. So what is it teaching me now as I become a leader and as I'm a leader now, I have to make sure I push people where where, where I was pushed and make sure that I don't bring them the old baggage of my old ways to them and I pushed him to what I succeeded in from who won. So when my pastor pushes us to jump 14, 15,000, 15,000 feet out the, out the airplane, this is my fourth time, you know, <laughs> but at one, I remember at one point when I first did it, I was scared. 
And my pastor told me, once you jump, you're going to look at the world different. I did, because once I jumped, at the end of the day, it still goes with God. When God wants you dead, Sharon, ain't nothing nobody can stop. You're going to die. <laughs> so I look at it different now. Okay, let me skydive, because if he's meant for me to die, I'll die. But if he's not, I'm going to live. And I'm just make it real quick. I I used that avenue with the fear, the fearless thing, too, because I was looking at, you know, documentaries where they have um, murderers, you know, uh, prison prisoners talk about how they killed and murder people. So one man told me, he said, I mean, one not told me, but I was um, watching a video and he was like, I've killed for 20 years in my life. I'm, I'm a killer. He said, and what some people, what some killers do is some killers, you know, they smoke up weed, do drugs after they kill somebody or they, you know, get drunk. He said, but I'm different. Once I'm paid to kill, I go to Waffle House and get me a double stacker and a waffle. He said, I don't kill. He said, so this um, football player had hired me to kill, um, to murder his, I guess it was the baby mama. She was pregnant. And um, this was on, I think, HBO or something, documentaries. But he was he was a true murderer. And he said, and um, he said, so we kidnapped a girl um, while the football player was in the car with this girl. We had planned it. Uh, we pulled, I pulled my car up. You know, he act like he was a hostage while she was on the on passenger side. He said, and we picked her, um, I dragged her out. I beat her real bad with a bat. He said, and I shot her in her stomach with a shotgun. Oh, my God. Two times. He said, and he said, and y'all, I've always won. And when you hear the murderer say that, he said, I've always won. They pay me my money and I do my job. He said, but at that moment, when I got locked up and caught and they told me the girl was still alive, the murderer said it brought revelation to me that when God is ready for you to die, you'll die. But if he ain't ready, you'll survive. So that opened my mind like you're right. We're so fearful of death and we're so fearful to take chances because of the figures and the failure of pigeons we hung around. Sometimes our family. Because God could have made you the diamond, but your family was the pigeons. So he needs you to separate, be in a new land, like the scriptures say, where he'll make your name great upon nations and call you blessed. So a lot of times the fear is the damage because fear does not equal God. So if, if the Bible says, for I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind, when we in fear, we're not of God, so God does not bless because it's sin to be in fear. And I had to learn that that was tough for me to do. So that's how I look at it. That's my fearless tactic. Because if you think about, I mean, that's the the basis of the show. And I ask people that all the time. Like, what are the ways that you manage the natural emotion of fear when you've got a business and a family and you're trying to meet budgets and you're trying to compete and you know, how many times do you stay up at night worried about what's coming the next day, whether or not you're going to be able to feed your family or keep it afloat and how you deal with the pride that comes with that, that pride too. is big. It is big. It drives me too. And and a lot of that is from when you up worrying, look how God sees it. He's like, okay, how old are you sharing? 52. No, nah. oh. I was about to say like at least 30, oh, five, yeah, 35, real, you know, but, okay, look at this. 52, 52 years of your life. When have you ever, ever really, really, really went without? Right. Right. Okay. Whoever raised you, 
before you was able to take care of yourself, how did how did they survive? How did they make it? Yeah. So that so look at God. Look how God is hurt. God like I'm watching you up all night worrying about how you're how you're going to feed your family, how this is going to happen. Wow, you don't trust me. But but all it, this time your ancestors and generations back have all made it enough. And sometimes you have to break the generational curse. A lot of times, maybe it was mama that we heard complain too much. We heard daddy or we was around people who always had something negative to say. So that's why I said the Bible says, you know, you have to be careful who you surround yourself with in Psalms, the first the first chapter, because he says, don't eat with them, stand with them. Wickedness. So a lot of times people we think wickedness is all um, just uh, witchcraft. But um, it is. But um, the witchcraft is defined as sin as well. And sin could, could be fear because God could say, Sharon, I need you to go across the world. And you'd be like, and somebody around you say, well, how are you going to do it? Do you, you have the money? Um, well, how would you see that? That's Satan. Because if God told you this, and the Bible says don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing, and the Bible says also that a man should walk in discretion. So we shouldn't be telling everybody everything. We should keep it in secret to God and let God show the manifestation while our mouth is shut. And so that, that's how we know it's God. And then God will show you who your enemy is too because people will say they have faith, but then they'll go do something that's not faith. And you're like, Okay, so then how I look at it as I say, okay, God, in my house, I got to practice this, you know, in my house, I have to do this. And in my house, what I believe, I don't give my kids Benadryl. I'm not knocking everybody. But if I got if if God says my hands can heal and I have anointing goal and I'm the shepherd over my home of my house and I'm the covering of my family. Let me let me practice it. And so when I see the evidence of my child who had bumps and I lay hands on and I don't do it in front of nobody, I, I go in, in myself. And I'm not saying this openly to boast, but I'm saying this in a way of transparency of what do you do when God reveals because of my faith? Part of me is like, who? But then I'm like, no, God, if you said it, I'm going to hold you to your word. And that's how I look at it. No, God, you said it. No, God, I'm $10,000 behind on Bread Pretty Licious. I'm in my first year. You said this was for me. I don't know where to go, and I don't see the money. What do I do? And and I knew and, and I knew God was like, no, I need you to trust me. I need you to trust me at another level. And then I never forget, I got on my knees. In the middle of Bread Pretty Licious, I didn't care what people came in. I said, God, I'm tired. People have built this business for me and said that if when when I get where I need to be, then I pay them. And now they're on the phone the next week bugging me and I don't even have the money. God, I'm fifteen thousand dollars in the hole. God, my rent, I'm five thousand dollars behind on that. God, what do I do? I'm not breaking in everything. You just open up bread, put a list for me. What do I do with this? And I just dropped on my knees. And it reminded me of what Christ did on the cross. When he finally gave up, then God received him. So I was like, okay, God, you know what? I got on my knees. I said, God, you know what? If you take it away, you take it away. If you got it for me, you got it for me. But God, you're going to make a way. And that week, my realtor called me and said, Angelo, what are you trying to sell your old house for? I said, I, I need 150000 She looked at me crazy. She was like, uh, you only spend 90000 for this house. I can maybe get you 115. I said, no, I want 150. And I did something I never did. I got me and my wife. We got on our knees. We prayed. And I said, God, you're going to bless me. 
And I did not know what was coming. I was nervous too. Like God, I'm in the whole, I'm in the process of selling my house. My wife is seven months pregnant. What are we doing here? Like I, I, I'm finna move into an Airbnb in this tight room. It's just tough. And I never forget when I, um, when I first got my first home, it was on faith and favor. I didn't have the money. I called the owner. I said, look, I don't got the money. Um, for the closing, if you could be a blessing, all I need is the closing. I'm approved. The owner said, "I got you." He came in. I got in my house December the twenty second, two thousand eighteen. Now I'm in the process of two thousand twenty of selling that home, and it's funny because if God blessed you with a car, Sharon, you can't sell that car. You got to bless somebody with it because you reap what you sow. So you're never going to get that profit off of it. And I had to learn that method with God. So. When I was behind in my um behind um in the business rent, behind on the debt that people said that they trust God on, and when I ever get it, they'll they'll accept the payment, but they were impatient. They were calling me every week saying I need money, money, money. And everything was just going crazy. So when I got on my knees and I gave myself to God and just like Lord, just have your way, my realtor called me and said, Angelo. I need you to pull over whatever you're doing. If you're at the business, I need 15 minutes of you. I said, okay. She said, I don't know who you serve. She said, I'm being funny because we talked about God and you told me what you needed. This lady is on the other line with me. She has been denied 10 times. She has pulled in three jobs. She has saved her money and worked three years with three jobs to get a home. Would you accept 158? From her. Whoa. I said. No way. I said, are you serious? She said, you said it. I said, I did. So you asked me how God keeps showing me. So now I'm debt free. Bread delicious is debt free. So you see my mindset. That's not to boast anybody. I would love to encourage people. But I had to learn. My pastor was a father as well. He had to let me go through it by myself. Mm. He had to let me trust God and not trust him. It's so much more powerful when it's been your experience. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just a different energy behind it when you can can say, here's how low I was. Mm -hmm. And even if somebody tried to come and save you, it wouldn't have been the same. It wouldn't have been the same. The same impact or the same impact for yourself, but also your story Mm -hmm. having an impact exponentially. Yes, ma'am. That's amazing. I'm so happy you came today and told me your story. Well, I mean, how could people get in touch with you if they were interested in in coming to visit, um, not just for catering, but also bread puttylicious? Yeah, also if they want their soul saved. You know, I baptize, you know. You know, we do it all, you know. Look, (laughs) 678, call me 678-984-8594 and 678-984-8594 and, um, they can e- email me at hillangelo1987 at gmail.com or show up at Bread Puttylicious, which is located at 400 Ernest W. Bear Parkway, um, Kennesaw, Georgia, Suite 279. So You've inspired me so much today. I really appreciate how transparent you are, but also how willing you are to um, um, explain your journey in terms of the ways that people can identify with. It's so nice to know that you're not just like, look how successful all I Mm -hmm. did was, you know, it's all me, you know, me and my brain and me and my ideas. You actually are explaining it it, as a journey, which so many people go on when they're Mm -hmm. business owners, ups and downs. That's exactly what the show's about. So thank you for being so willing to share and 
Um, I would love to have you come back sometime and tell yes. me how things are going because I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating there'll be many more <laughs> positive affirmations that yes. you can share. Yes, yes. And thank you all for listening to Fearless Formula on Business Radio X. And again, this is Sharon Klein reminding you that with knowledge and understanding, we can all have our own fearless formula. Have a great day.